God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for coming on in. Come on in. Come on in. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. This is a Tuesday night teaching. I want to thank everyone for coming on in. Come on in. Share. Comment. Tell everyone we are live and we are here this Tuesday. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I want everyone to comment, say, I am here. I am here. I am here. We are here on tonight. And as we're here tonight, I believe that God is going to give us something and share with us what we need for him to do. I want us to, all of us, to just give, to pray, and to seek the Lord we're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this time of worship, this time of teaching, this time of prayer, this time of refreshing, the time of word, of spending time, God. And Lord, as we're here, God, allow us to be revived and refreshed and reformed and ready for you to do great things. Lord, speak through me, God. Speak to me. Lord, download and give me a fresh lesson for, for, for your people, God. Text everyone that is listening. Text every person that is watching. We bless them. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing and everything you continue to do. Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Like I said, hello, everyone. My name is Pastor Joshua Sharon, Associate Pastor of Global Fire Church, where our pastor is Bishop Dave Sharon is our pastor. We have heard a powerful post-resurrection message from our bishop on this past post-resurrection Sunday. On the Christian calendar, it is the second Sunday in Easter. So, we are going to be going to John's Gospel, Chapter 20. John's Gospel, Chapter 20. John's Gospel, Chapter 20. Going to be reading a few verses in your hearing. Going to read a few verses, and as we as I read these few verses, I want us to take some time and to reflect, and I want us to meditate on these verses together. Going to be coming out of John chapter four, chapter twenty. Sorry, I'm going to be reading from verse fifteen to verse seventeen. Going to read just a few verses. Just a few verses. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the New Revised Standard Version, NRSV. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Suppose him be the, to be the gardener. She said, Sir, if you carried him away, please tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which is means teacher. Last verse, Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brother's. And say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. I want to throw it back to verse 15. It says, 
Woman, why are you weeping? To whom are you looking for? Suppose him in the garden. She said, Sir, if you have carried him, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. When I think of this, tonight I want to use as a subject a big surprise. I want you to type that in. I want you to comment in. A big surprise. A big surprise. In the 1800s, we look in our history of America. In the 1800s, there were many victories that has happened. Battles were fought. There were many things that was going on. Uh, President Lincoln was elected president. There was a man who rose through oratory power by the name of Frederick Douglass. The Civil War was in a continuation. Many people, many great men were being walking and talking in that era. In the 1800s, there was a man who was a bishop in the Lord's Church. He was the first bishop in England by the name of Bishop J.C. Ryle. He said a very powerful quote on the resurrection. I believe that when we look at history, I have to quote Bishop Golf when we I mean Bishop Luther, when we look at history, we're studying history to understand the present and the future. J.C. Ryle said, the resurrection of Christ is one of the foundational stones of Christianity. It is the seal of great work that he came on earth to do. I want to say that again. The resurrection of Christ is one of the foundational stones of Christianity. It was the seal of the great work he had came on earth to do. When we celebrate, when we think about, all of the things that God has done. We cannot forget that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, took time to come down to earth. When he came down, he came in John's gospel and it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter one, verse 14. When we think of that, we realize that Jesus came down 42 generations. He came, he was among the people on earth. He dwelt. That means he spent time. He was in the presence of people. Our Lord and Savior, we know in John's gospel, came to heal the sick, came to raise the dead. He came to open blind eyes. We understand that the first miracle that he did in John's gospel was in John chapter two, when Mary goes to him and he says, woman, my hour has not come yet. But Mary tells the disciples, said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And he begins to turn water into wine. That was his first miracle, first sign, according to John's gospel's language. When we look at the life of Jesus, there is so much that we can learn. When we look at the life of Jesus, there are so many things that we can ponder on. As we come to the gospel of John, it gives us a lot of different things. When we study from chapter 1, we see the prologue of John's gospel. John 1, verse 29, he says, The Lamb of God who will be slain for us. John the Baptist says that as he points to Jesus. 
Then as we come to chapter 2, like I said, it was a miracle. Then from 2 to 12, there is miracles and movement. Then from 15 all the way down to the last verse, last chapter of John, we see a Messiah on a mission. When we see that, we realize that Jesus is here going closer to a place called Golgotha. Another translation will say the skull. He was, he's coming to this place. Before we get to Golgotha, he's in Gethsemane. After he's in Gethsemane, he says, let it, if it's not your will, let your will be done. It, and we understand that part. After he goes and gets in Gethsemane, he says, not my will, but your will be done. That happens. Then Jesus, after that, comes to a place called Calvary. Now, before we get to Calvary, Jesus has been beaten with 39 lashes. These whips were dipped in stone and glass. As these whips were dipped in stone and glass, it goes and whips on Jesus. Now, the crazy part to me is that how Jesus, he is our creator, is being beaten by his creation. As we see that he's being beaten by his creation, we see that the ripping of his flesh is going on. He's already shedding blood before he gets to Calvary. His bodies are being broken for us. When we look at the life of Jesus, we realize that he is the incarnate message of communion. When it says the blood and the bread was broken. We see a picture of the Passover that was in Exodus, but now it is also being seen in the New Testament as Jesus comes as the incarnate communion in front of us. As that happens, we realize that he's being beaten, he's being whipped, he's been, he's been hurt. He goes to Calvary Cross. As he's on the cross of Calvary, as he, after being beaten, they take long 72-inch nails. They take one nail and put it in his hand. They take one long nail and put it in his other hand. After that, they pressed over 80 thorns in his head. Now, these thorns were not little thorns, but they were long, spiked thorns. And not only did they push it in, put it in his head, they pushed and turned it and mashed it into his head. Now, that is going on. As he's being on the cross, all of this suffering is going on. He begins to feel the weight of sin on him. God, who is our sinless savior, had to have sin on him. Now, when we look at this, our Lord and savior has the weight on him. As he's there, he begins to say statements of, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then he says, today you'll beat me in paradise. When he says, woman, behold your son, son, behold thy mother. He said all those different statements. We have heard those statements several, several times during Holy Week. And as he dies, something begins to happen. As he dies, there is darkness that comes over the land. The sun refused to shine as he died. As he died, his spirit, he breathed his last and gave up his spirit. Or another translation, he gave up the ghost. Darkness comes over. Then an earthquake happens. Then the temple veil is torn in two. And then um, the graves of the saints are opened up. All of these things happen as he died. And as he died, for you and for me, we've heard that before. 
as he has died on that cross, Joseph of Arimathea asked for his body to be put in a tomb. Our Lord and Savior has been beaten, has been whipped, and as he died for us, he goes inside of a tomb. But he goes inside of a tomb that was borrowed. He borrows a tomb because whenever you borrow something, you have to give it back. So as he borrows a tomb, he's in there all day Friday. He's in the tomb all day Saturday. Now, as he's in the tomb, it becomes a womb over time. Let's really look at this, because when we look at a tomb, that means that tombs represent what? Death. When we look at tombs, it represents death. It means that life is over. That's according to what humanistic people would say. But we as Christian believers know that there is life after death. We know that life and death are tied inextricably. We know that even though, yes, death happens, there is always that window and that door of heaven coming. Now, when we look at this, we realize that he's in the tomb. When Jesus is in the tomb. He has a fight. He begins to fight death, hell, and the grave. He begins to make things happen. And then we know that on Sunday morning, on Sunday morning, death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. The tomb could not hold him. But when we realize that on Sunday morning, there was a resurrection. The reason why my subject tonight is a big surprise, because the devil thought that the death had won. The devil thought that hell has won. The devil thought that his power was in control. But he had a big surprise to see that Jesus got up. From the grave. That is good news for us because we know that yes, we may be buried, we may feel like things are going on, and we feel like things are dying, but God has the power to resurrect us. God has the power to lift us up. Jesus gets up with all power in his hands. We 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 know that he got up with all power. They were looking for the grave. And they were looking and say, and when the angel said, He is not here, he has risen. As he has risen, we see that there is a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene. She's weeping at the tomb. She's crying at the tomb. She's feeling sadness at the tomb. She's hurting at the tomb. What do you do when you have tears in your eyes and there's pain in your heart? What do you do? When you're trying to do the best thing possible, but there's grief crippling at your heart. What do you do when you've been trying to believe and you're trying to hold on to your faith and fear is what you feel? What do you do when you're in a long, dark alleyway and you hear someone screaming and you're so caught up in your grief that you look around and realize that you're the one screaming all by yourself. That is the pain that Mary is feeling. She's seen her Jesus dying on a cross. She's seen her Jesus feeling the pain and the weight. She's seen her Jesus being humiliated. She's seen all of that. So surely she thought that that was the end. 
But she didn't realize that a surprise was on the way. Many of us go through so many different things. Many of us go through pain and we feel like we are at the end of our rope and we feel like nothing can happen. But God will surprise us. He can surprise you with a miracle. He can surprise you with opening a door for you. He can surprise you and open your mind. And open your heart, open your soul, and open you to seeing great things. I understand how grief feels. I know how pain really feels. Because I I told someone, I told my life coach one time, I said, I'm tired of feeling so much pain. I'm tired of feeling so much hurt. I wish that I didn't have to deal with so much loss. And my, my life coach said, she said, son, things Come when you least expect it. She said, life comes with ups and downs. She said, but you still have to keep moving forward. Sometimes we go through pains. And I want to minister to someone today, tonight. We all go through things sometimes. And we feel the weight. You see, but sometimes we wish that life never came with any problems. That life never came with any ups and downs. We just want to stay still. When you go to a hospital, any hospital all over America, any hospital in every state or county country, you must realize that there is a machine that goes ups and down. Life comes with ups and downs. But if you look at a line that goes across, that means you are dead. But life comes with ups and downs. And yes, we may come with unexpected ups and unexpected downs, but never allow yourself to want to stay still and dead. God still has a plan for you. Yes, you may have tears in your eyes. You may be feeling sad. You may be feeling lonely. But God has the power to give you encouragement. Mary is here. In the Gospel of John, chapter 20, crying her eyes out. No one is there to wipe away her tears. No one is there to help her, but she's crying. And she's asked a question. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Another translation, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? I have a question for you. When was the last time you cried so hard that you didn't realize Jesus was right there? When was the last time you felt the weight of pain on your life that you felt like no one is here to wipe away my tears? Grief will make you feel like you're all by yourself. Grief will make you feel like you cannot see anything at all. But God has the power to ask you, why are you crying? Why are you so worried? Why are you feeling like this? But the pain that that she's feeling is something I can understand. Because she realized that the Jesus that she loved feels like he's not there. She, she's looking around because she realized that the tears have been so overlading her eyes. She doesn't even know what to think next. Grief will have you feeling like you have no hope in your life. I am a living testimony of that. Grief will make you feel like you're by yourself and no one can hear you scream. Last week, I was having a conversation 
with 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 a close person. And I told him, I said, it's hard for me sometimes to be in my home. Because when I look at certain things in my home, it reminds me of my grandmother who passed away last year. It reminds me of all the things that I felt in my heart. You know, I've been trying to hide it. I've been trying to act like I'm okay. I've been trying not to say anything and all of that. But I felt the pain of it. Because when you're crying, you're allowing yourself, your soul to gleep out. You're allowing things to come out of you. And it's easy for someone to tell you when you're crying, oh, you'll be all right. You'll be fine. You'll get over it. It's okay. But there are moments when you don't feel okay. If we all can be honest as we're here on tonight, there are moments where we don't want to dry our eyes. We want to have moments where we want to cry and stay to ourselves because we feel the pain of loss. I believe that the more we go through pain, the more we, we begin to be like Jesus. Because we love Jesus when he heals our bodies. We love Jesus when he makes things for us. We love Jesus when he makes a way out of nowhere. We'll preach it and put our voices and make it feel good. But do you still love Jesus when you go through pain and misery? Do you still love Jesus when your bills are stacked up? And I'm not talking about you got money in it. When your accounts are low, they're so low, you don't even know if your money can even get up the next day. That's how painful life can be. Can you still love God when you have tears in your eyes and you dry your eyes before you get to church? What about the preacher who feels the pain and he has to dry his eyes before he gets up to preach to the saints? What about that person who has to go and put the, on the same clothes and try to make their clothes be better because they try to look better when they feel so worse? What do you do when life feels like nothing? She's crying at the tomb. You see, this reminds me of when we have to go to the burial grounds, when we have to bury a loved one. You see, it's easy to bury someone you don't know. It's easy to do that. But how, how do you feel when you have to bury someone that you know? I remember 10 years ago in the month of February, I had to bury my grandfather, which was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my entire life. I remember I was there at the burial. And I mean, I was, I promise you, you can ask, I'm telling you, I was fine. I was okay at the burial. My grandmother, she was crying. Everyone else was crying. And I was staying strong as possible. And I was staying strong as possible. And then I got up and they said, let you say your last goodbyes. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I believe this is going to help someone tonight. And I got up and I put my hand on the casket and put my rose down. And I said, I love you. Grandpa, thank you for being the best that you can be. I'm going to see you in heaven one day because I know where he is. And I began to walk away. And I remember I walked away and I saw my brother with tears in his eyes. I saw my mother with tears in his eyes. And my spirit broke in half that I fell out. People had to come pick me off of the floor. My hat was on the floor. My glasses. I was broken. You see, it's very different when you have to try to still minister with a broken heart. 
My heart was broken. I was asking God why, and I was feeling pain. I didn't understand what to do, and I just began to scream. I didn't try to be quiet. I was screaming and crying. They had to put me in the car. They had to get water for me. Why? Because my heart was broken. Can you still serve God when your heart is broken? Can you still minister and still love the people of God that hate your guts and still do what God told you to do? Because it's very easy to have theoretical Christianity. It's very easy to love God when you have theory, but it's much different when you worship God testimonially because testimonial Christianity is a different thing. Because the reason why I still have a smile on my face is not because I'm trying to fake it. It's because I know that while I have tears, there are still joy that can come. There is still some joy in the midst of the pain. Yes, people want happiness. People want to sell you happiness. People want to smoke happiness and drink happiness. But I don't want happiness. I want the joy of the Lord. Ah, oh, glory to God. You see, many of us have been crying and have been sad, but we still have joy in our heart. You said, who are you looking for? You see, because in the midst of your grief, you're still looking for God. In the midst of your pain, you're looking for God. In the midst of having tears in your eyes, you're still saying, where are you, God? In the midst of what you're feeling, you still have to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because sometimes it feels as though when we're going through all this pain and all these problems, all these issues, God has forsaken us. But even when you feel like God has forsaken you, he's still there. God is still there. Even as you're in pain, he's there for you. I want to encourage someone tonight because some of us have gone through problems and we're trying to figure out. But God still cares. She says, who are you looking for? And then the next verse. It said... Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, she that means teacher. Jesus spoke to her. She didn't have a realization till he called her by her name. Some of us have been dealing with pains. Some of us have been dealing with problems. Some of us have been dealing with so many things, but we stop in our tracks when God calls our name. Oh, I, I'm reminded of the second word that Jesus said on the cross. Because the man said, Lord, when you get into your kingdom, remember me. I am glad that God remembered me. I was stuck in my problems, but he remembered me. Yes, I had pain in my body, but he remembered me. Yes, I was in the hospital with two IVs in my hands, but he remembered me. Yes, even in a pandemic, he remembered me. Is there someone here tonight that can say, God, I thank you 
for remembering me. God, I praise you for remember. God has the power to remember you. He not only does he remember you, but he remembers your promise. He gave you a promise. Glory to God. I feel like teaching. There is a promise that God has on your life. That promise did not start with you, but that promise came from your parents. That promise came to your grandparents. Your promise was to your great grandparents. That promise that your old church mother was praying for you, it came to pass. God has the power to remember you. God has the power to have you and hold you by your hand. I'm glad today that the Lord called me by my name. Uh, I remember when I was trying to figure out what am I going to do next? My normal is broken. My family doesn't feel like they're not being family right now. People are walking away. Everybody is dying. God, what am I supposed to do? And he calls me by my name and says, Joshua, I say, yes, Lord, I hear you. Because even in the midst of when we feeling what we're feeling, when God calls us by our name, we have to listen. And she turns around. And says something to Jesus, all he has to do is call you by your name. And as he call you by your name, it will wake up something in you. You see, Mary was feeling her pain. Mary was sad. Mary was feeling what she was feeling. But Jesus, oh Jesus, called her by her name. And as he called her by her name, she turned and said, teacher, oh, when I call, when he calls me by my name, I call him savior. Uh, because when he calls my name, I call his name. Whew, that gives me good news. That gets me excited. When, I, when he calls my name, I call his name because his name is the one I call on. His name is the one that I receive. His name has deliverance. His name has healing. His name has strength. His name has power. I dare you just to comment his name, Jesus. Is there someone here that can comment the name of Jesus? There is joy in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There was strength in the name of Jesus. There was joy in the name of Jesus. We need the name of Jesus. When I call on his name, his name is Jesus. He calls her by her name. You see, I'm reminded of Isaiah 43 when it said, don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. You see, I'm glad that we are a child of God. We are the ones that are chosen by God. We are the ones that are loved by God. We are the ones that are appreciated by God. God loves you. He doesn't just call you in the midst of a crowd, but he'll call you by your name. Yes, Jesus knows all of us. We don't have to sit here and figure out if he sees us in a crowd. He'll see you in the midst of your trouble. God sees you in the midst of your problem. God sees you in the midst of what's going on. He has the power to love you. He has the power to take care of you. Don't you know that he knows you by your name? He knows what you look like. He knows what you're going through. He knows that you can get through it. Why? Because he's God and he's good all by himself. God is the one 
that can be there for you. God is the one that can send a miracle to you. You may be trying to figure out, does God really know me? Does he really know my name? He can call your name in the midnight hour. He can call your name early in the morning. Even when you're at the work and during the day, he can call on your name. He can call on your name. And we have a name that we can call on. And then the last verse, Jesus said, so do not hold on to me because I have not ascended to the father. But go tell my brothers, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. We have to tell everybody about who Jesus is. You see, the reason why we have to tell everyone about who Jesus is, because the Lord has done so much for us. The Lord has made a way out of no way. The Lord has done so much for us. You see, I'm glad on tonight that we have a savior who really loves us. We have a savior who comes and helps us along the way. We have a savior who takes us by the hand. We have a savior who gives us what we need. Many people are trying to figure out what's going to happen next. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow and his name is Jesus Christ. Is there someone here tonight that says, I thank God for him being there for me. Yes, I was having tears in my eyes. Yes, I was having problems and problems, but the Lord gave me a promise. What is that promise? The promise is I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That promise is that he'll be right there for you. That promise is that he may not come when you want him to come, but he's right on time. There is someone here who's looking and saying, God, I need you. But but the Lord wants to be here for you. God is the one that can take you where you need to go. God is the only one that can turn your life around. God is the only one that can carry you to where you need to go. Is there someone here that says, God, I thank you for giving me a big surprise. What is the surprise? He has been good to us. I'm not surprised of how good God is because he's been good to me every single day. I've had some tears in my eyes. Yes, I had pain in my heart. Yes, I dealt with so many things, but the good news is that God is there for us. I'm glad that God is there. Yes, we were weeping and looking around, but we don't have to weep anymore. Why? Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yes, we've been crying. We've been weeping, but joy will come. Joy will come in the morning. That morning when it comes, oh, God's going to wipe away your tears. He's going to wipe away everything that's going on. Revelation tells God shall wipe away your tears. You may have been crying during the midnight hour. You've been rocking and feeling sad, but God has the power to wipe away your tears. I'm glad that God has the power to lift us up out of our troubles. Yes, we were deep in our troubles. Yes, we were deep in our problem, but God has the power to get us up again. God has the power to encourage us. I want you to know, that no matter what you go through, God can do the impossible for us. We do not have to be sad. 
But we must hold on to the goodness of the Lord. We must hold on to what he has for us. I don't doubt God. I don't worry about life because I have a savior who is well alive. You see, the good news is, is that Jesus is alive. Confucius is dead. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. All those different figures is dead. But God is well alive. He's alive. He has risen. He's not in the grave. Because if you go to Israel and you go down to the Israel and go down and go to the tomb, he's not there. Why? Because he has risen on that early Sunday morning. He got up with all power in his hands. And I'm glad that he got up because as he got up, it understands that you can get up. You can get up because he got up. And I realized that when he got up and we get up, we all can keep moving up and going higher and higher. I want you to know that God is able to lift you up. God is able to take you up. God is able. God bless you, Bishop Davis. God bless you, Pastor Davis. God is able to do the impossible and the unthinkable for you. God loves you. God cares for you and God will continue to care for you. We never have to worry about people or what things are going on. All we have to do is look to Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. God bless you, Mother William, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. I will look to Jesus. I will look to him. That's why the song says, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. Do you trust in the Lord? Because yes, life may not go the way I want it to go, but I still trust God. I still trust God because he's able to do everything for me. I don't have to keep looking around for people to help me. God is a present help. In the time of trouble, I'm trying to quit, but I just I, I just want you to know that God is real. He's real. We don't serve a fake God. We don't serve a God who does camera tricks and flip things upside. No, God is real. He we serve a living God. We serve a living Savior. We serve a living Lord. He is who we said he is. I want you to know that God has the power to lift you up. God has the power to take you where you need to go. God has the power to heal you and make you better. Don't you know how good God is? Right now, I want you to comment what the Lord has done for you. You see, I'm glad that this morning he gave me the strength to get up and get moving. I'm glad for the simple things. Yes, I may not have the biggest house on the hill, but I serve a big savior. Yes, I may not have a lot of money in the bank, but I serve a God who can supply my needs. Yes, I may not have all the wonderful things that the world may try to give me, but I have God who has everything. That's why I smile and have a smile on my face. Why? Because Jesus is in control. God is so much God that he created the heavens and the earth. God is so much God that he created man and woman. God is so much God that he created the sky, the birds, and the grass, and, the, and all of the things that we see. 
Never limit God because he is unlimited. Never worry because we serve a God who can take our worries and take our pains away from us. Yes, we will deal with pain, but our pain won't have power over us. God can take that pain and put it away. God gives us so much. He gives us so many different things. So how do we give to him? We give him our heart. We give him our mind. We give him our soul. And we give and we sow into him. And right now, as we're here in this moment of worship and teaching, I want us to sow and give right now. I believe that because God gives so much, he's such a great savior, we should give to him. There are many ways to give. I don't want us to rush this because sometimes people like to rush. But what I want people to know is that God has the power to do so much for you. And we should sow into the Lord. There are many ways to give. You can text GLOBAL to 51400. PayPal.me slash Global Fire Now. We have Cash App, Dollar Song, Global Fire Now. We have Zell, Global Fire Now at gmail.com. There are many ways to give. There are many ways to give. I want to thank God for everyone that is on here. Please take time to sow. This is an opportunity to worship God with our gifts. Please take time to sow. Please take time to sow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Close. I want to thank everyone for joining. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful lesson, God. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that is being blessed. We thank you, Lord, for everyone that has came on, that has come on, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. And, Lord, even right now, God, touch all of us, God. Lord, blow our minds. Give us a big surprise. Let us see things we've never seen before. Lord, take us higher and take us further. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Global is who we are. Fire is what we bring. Ministry is what we do. Everyone be blessed. Everyone be blessed. Everyone be blessed. Please, please, please log in. Tune in for Sunday morning service and come in person. We are back in person. Please come in. Come in. Our our bishop has a fresh word from the Lord that is coming this Sunday. Let us prepare our mind and hearts for his word on Sunday. And let us prepare to worship him all together. I want to thank everyone for joining. God bless all of you. Brother Williams, Sister Brown, Bishop Davis, and Pastor Davis. I love the both of you. Bishop Davis, I will I will definitely uh, reach out to you. But God bless everyone. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful night. And we know that Jesus got up so we can get up. God bless you, all of you. God bless you. Have a wonderful night.